welcome to the discussion for me with your hosts, Brandy and Christian. If you're looking for a podcast where sisterhood is embodied, you are home. Listen, each week we will open the floor and have raw conversations about relevant and unaddressed topics plaguing our communities. You ready, B? Yes, let's get it. Welcome to our relationship series. Today's show is entitled Big Feminine Energy. Femininity is defined as qualities or attributes regarded as characteristics of women. A lot of the norms do not account for Black women in their unique gender and socialization experience. We have a unique gender expression and identity developed and identity developed compared to our counterparts, where we see femininity as strength, independence, and perseverance, more traditional traits are familial care, investment in physical appearance, and being submissive in relationships. Today, we are joined by Davette Nicole, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist in California and Texas, and has many specialties one of them being women's issues. She's studying to become a sex therapist to further serve the individuals and couples as she supports them in meeting their goals. Davette Nicole offers faith-based treatment for those who desire to incorporate spirituality in their journey. She's competent, relatable, a heart of gold, and and a supportive sister friend who's not afraid to dive into the taboo topics head on. Hey, boo, hey, and welcome. Hey, (laughs) thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about the taboo. Yes, let's get into it, girl. (laughs) Let's get into it. So, I would say like a lot of my friends are our friends because just to give you kind of a background story, I know Davette, we all, all of us, Christian as well, we all attended the same high school and a lot of our friends are what we would call like boss chicks or they're about their business. Like they're out here doing things and moving and really doing amazing things in their fields. But I feel like a lot of times that kind of being the boss at work gets us in trouble (laughs) in our relationships and when we get home. What are you seeing or what would you say um, is the, the, maybe the disconnect or is it, because one thing is, is it that we're being too harsh at home or is it the fact that maybe our our counterparts are wanting something different than what we have to present, you know? Um, and I think too, like being on and being in a, a situ- in an environment where so much is demanded of you, so much is placed on you um, mm-hmm. to do beyond what your counterparts are doing. Like there's no room for, you know, mistake. And so there's that pressure to really be a boss and be on top of things but we don't have to be that at home. So how would you say or advise us as we're going or navigating both spaces? Well, um, so I, I had, as you were right, as you were uh, 
speaking, I was trying to like make a note or something. And I wrote this phrase that is so, um, I would believe like controversial. Okay. And it was remember your role. Mm. And like, so we wear different hats and it's at, at work, it's the boss hat. And we have people that are reporting to us. We got stuff that gets, need to get done, deadlines that need to meet. Like we have stuff that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, our home should be a lot different than our workspace. Come on. And I think being cognizant of that is really important. Um, one of the things that I'm really big on is like this whole communication thing. We're probably going to, I'm probably going to say communication a lot today. So just get ready. Word <laughs> episode, communication. <laughs> Guys, write it down right now. Right. Your notes together. Let's go. Um, but being able to communicate with your partner about your expectations of roles in the house. Mm. Um, and so I'm not typecasting a role that this woman needs to be thus and so. Um, because I've met many like women who are the more dominant person, the, she's the breadwinner in the home and she's the like innovator in the home. And she's really the head of household. And, you know, and he is doing what would be considered the traditional woman role, like whatever the case might be for your relationship, we need to be able to explore the expectations of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a friend who was talking about how she was trying to be everything in the house mm. he was gonna cook clean all clean up the house cook all the food make sure you have all these things ready maintain this full-time job and it's like girl right what the heck and so and when she talked to her husband he was like you don't have to do any of that and so here she is about to give herself a heart attack trying to be all things that she thought he needed her to be Mm. and he just needed her to show up Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is remembering to show up in your home life we Mm -hmm. get so much on our jobs and we are so tired by the time we come home that we don't have the ability to like do anything else don't ask me one more thing to do because I have given it all in my workplace and I don't have anything left for my home life. And Mm -hmm. we really got to like, um, not reverse it, but really preserve ourselves for our homes as well. Ooh, I'm a coin at preserve (laughs) you. I felt that in my spirit. Hold on. Listen, she's about to have a moment. I'm like, wait, Christian, what is it? Girl, I'm, I'm going to do a, uh, a little sign to put up in my cubicle at work. I am preserving myself. Yes. (laughs) You know, like your families need you. Mm -hmm. And when you are exhausted and burnt out by the time that you get home, like what good are you adding to the, for yourself and for those around you? If you've been all used up at work, to something that really don't matter, right? One thing, I have a friend who, um, who he would quit his job a lot. <laughs> like he was in IT. And so he would just, it, it was nothing for him to get another job. And then, and I'm talking about like big money, six figure yeah. jobs, right? That he get upset, he's gonna quit this one because he has something else lined up. 
And when um, it came time for me to quit a job, he was like, if you don't go in there and tell them people to, um, that you're not coming back here no more, <laughs> it's like, because these are the same people that if you drop dead today, mm-hmm. they will replace you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But at your home, you're not irreplaceable. And so we're giving these people who, um, whom we love very little of ourselves. And then these people who, um, we are irreplaceable too, we're giving them all of ourselves. Like we really got to flip it. Yeah. Listen, I I feel conviction all over me. (laughs) Listen, our our audience knows if you listen to our episodes, I, I hold nothing back. I'm very transparent. So just listening to you, I'm really like in awe because it is so true we give so much of ourselves um and then when we get home we're depleted we're exhausted we're irritated we're overwhelmed mm-hmm. and in essence our family our home or whatever your dynamic looks like they're getting the scrapes the bare minimum mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's really not how it should be i mean according to your values what's important to you you know right. um and wow, it's really causing me to say, hold up. <laughs> yeah. Now that's important. I, I, sorry. I think too, as a single, like I don't necessarily have anybody I'm coming home to, but it's important for me. Like I've prioritized like the last two years of keeping the peace in my house. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like i and I got this because I was um, studying for my doula work and how important it is to have a ritual of some sort where you decompress mm-hmm. from coming from work and home so that you can present yourself in that in that manner. And for me, like peace is so important. Like I will sit in my car. I'm like, I tell people all the time, jokingly, like I have nobody I'm coming home to, but I will sit in my car and decompress because I don't want that energy inside of my house. Mm -hmm. And that's major. I think you're, you're coming home to you. Yeah. Right. And oh my God, do you know the worst feeling coming home exhausted, going straight to bed, waking up exhausted, going back to work only to come back home exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like it's terrible. It's a terrible routine. Yeah. Cause typically you're probably feeding yourself something bad. You ain't taking care of your body. All this whole, you guys are talking about self-care before you're talking about caring for others. Like this is a part of it and making that a habit, that ritual when you get off from work. Like, because you really want to set the space where when you come into your house, you want it to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that if you're showing up all raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nope. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm sorry. So since we on the showing up raggedy theme real quick, uh, do you think that contributes to the whole angry Black woman stigma? Like the imbalance that we have, the the fatigue, the exhaustion, the trying to be everything to everybody in every, you know, yeah. avenue, every capacity. Do you think that contributes to the stigma? I think so. Um, and I guess it's it's so multifaceted. Like, but I think so that a part of it is that we're not taking good care of ourselves. And so we might be angry. And then we might rightfully so be angry. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to have the ability to um, 
express our range of emotions and it be okay. I don't know if this was a, a, a stigma that has been propagated by the white man, about the black woman, but it's so real mm-hmm. and it minimizes and dehumanizes us because what we are really advocating for and experiencing is often shut out by this stigma. Mm-hmm. And minimal, yeah, yeah. And so even it is um even it has trickled into the black home, right? Like, so where you have even black men talking about angry black women. Yes. Like, and it was probably your raggedy self who did it. But like, it, it, it's a real thing that we are sometimes angry and we are sometimes happy and joyful. And like, we're all of that. Mm-hmm. And we have to have the ability to be that. And this stigma tries to keep it where this is something, this this experience of emotion is something that should be shamed. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is allowed to be angry except for you. You must always be happy. You hear that whole thing about um, men yelling at people, at black women, telling her to smile. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't get authority over my range of emotion, over my body, over my presentation. Mm-hmm. Black women need to be able to show up as their most authentic self. And when you ask that, you know what, that reminded me of um, Kamala Harris, mm-hmm. Vice President Kamala Harris, when she was Senator running for vice president. And she was so smiley on that uh, vice presidential debate. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? I do, I do. It almost made me sick. Yeah. And the fact that even when she was angry, she felt the need to smile. Yes. (laughs) And it was like, that's why I, I really like, I love the idea of black girl magic, but the issue that I have with it is that it's our black excellence. Like it's, it's this stigma that we have to be at this excellence And I'm like, I'm okay with it as long as you know, like even on my worst day, Mm -hmm. even on the days that, you know, I'm not well and I'm not okay. And I express that, that is still black girl magic. Like it's still black excellence. And so I I love like, you know, people portraying that, but it's also this thing of like, I have to do more and beyond. And it's like, no, be you authentically. Like whatever that is that day, do it, (laughs) commit to it. And give me the space. Um, to to feel that range of emotions like mm-hmm. you know David said because the same extension of grace and understanding <laughs> that you want we want that extended to us as well mm-hmm. and I think if we have you know that candid conversation in our relationships then it won't play out in our home as much because sometimes we're trying to mask those emotions and then it plays out in our behaviors mm-hmm. because we're frustrated yeah it bubbles up Mm-hmm. Right. We are at our max. Mm-hmm. And we got one more thing. <laughs> right. I think that was the uh the last black nerve, right? Like mm-hmm. that you got on. And like, but really, and you know what? I think that I think you know what? Maybe the strong black woman and the angry black woman are the same woman come on and she is hello I am she we are her <laughs> right? I, it, 
Oh my God, it it pains me to my core, this strong black woman who is supposed to be able to endeavor everything that life throws your way. Right. Still right. put on a smile, still show up and do everything for everybody. Like what? But no. at the moment you can't. Now you're angry. Now, yes. Now you're angry black woman. <laughs> right, right. No, I hear you okay so let's dive in a little deeper to some feminine energy here can you let our audience and us know what is sex therapy exactly because you know when people hear it they like wait what and you know us in just regular therapy you know red flags are going up so when they hear sex therapy they're like what's she gonna do come in our bedroom uh-huh. oh girl that is it <laughs> so, so let's clear it up for the people <laughs> and okay. let them know exactly what sex therapy looks like so please know that I'm not coming into the bedroom um I learned the term for that and for some reason it escapes me um because there, there are people not sex therapists but there are people who like do help walk through that moment or something I don't know it's really weird I ain't into it but it's not weird I apologize please forgive me for saying that (laughs) (laughs) that's just something that other people need but that's not what I do got it um so sex therapy is really talk therapy um about sex sensuality, um, sexual dysfunction, sexual functions. Um, It's a lot of education. Uh, It's just a really safe space to talk about, to have uncomfortable conversations about sex. Um, In America, sex is like the taboo topic. We can talk about murder, death, kill all day long, but Lord help, if we talk about something that everybody does. So so it's it's that space for that. Okay. And so what would you say so Bo, are you is it something that that you're seeing our community kind of tap into or has it been kind of is it still super taboo oh it's so taboo and you would think that I guess in our community I'll only interpret that as black community yes um you know we really don't have sex anyway so we don't and if we have it it's because we're married and it's with the confines of marriage and it only happens there you know yeah okay so (laughs) you're right um, but but definitely it is it's still something taboo um it's so hard to find a black sex therapist Mm, okay um but it is something that we should all that should be at the forefront of our minds when we're talking about couples therapy there are people who consider themselves to be a couples therapist but not a sex therapist wow and I didn't know that you'd be able to divide the two, right? Because that's a part of the work. Right. We talk about that. But for some people, they still remain uncomfortable by having those conversations about sex. Mm. And it's unfortunate. I think it does a disservice to the work that they do with the couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's at least just to be able to provide that space because that might be an issue for the couple as well. It's just not one that we knew we could talk about right now. Right. Wow. So what would you say the difference between, or can you explain the difference between intimacy and sex? I think a lot of times, um, because we don't talk about sex, right? We don't, we don't, I mean. Why don't we talk about sex? 
Girl, I don't know. Like I am, I think I got shamed because I would talk about it, but not in the sense of like, just whatever, just curiosity. Like when I, when I saw it and I was like, oh, what is this? And I was thankful my brother was really, really like, okay, this is what it is. This is what, you know, like, and giving me um, context and, and appropriate context, right? So when I started to to look into it or to just discover it, but then it's like, if I'm in a friend group and I have to have that ability to speak about sex, like, because I feel like it's something that a lot of people, like one of our questions will get into it, but just how dissatisfied a lot of women are in their sexual encounters. And it's like, if we're not happy, let's talk about it. If you weren't pleased or content in another area, then you would go talk and get it addressed or see what the the issue is. So why not? figure it out right and you know a part of me um part of me (laughs) blames the church come on right like yes it's i'm gonna help you for that with that one go baby Yes. Go, Christian. Go. <laughs> look. Yes. Look, I, I I got my amen. I didn't stood up. I'm saying preach, preacher. Come on. <laughs> we do a disservice, and we create all of these. Um, I don't know what the the word escapes me. We create all of these. I don't know feelings and um, phobias almost of sex, mm-hmm. and it it really stifles us. Yeah. Some of these things, these images, these thoughts, these this rhetoric, this messaging that is presented in church hinders sexual um, intimacy mm-hmm. um, even after marriage, right? Like, so we oh, put yeah. so much emphasis on um, fornication and adultery and you don't want to, and this is what, it, it's so much shame yeah. around sex. Yeah, now people are very, um, very reserved, very conservative, very unfulfilled mm-hmm. in something yeah. that God has made so beautiful. Yes. And that's the thing. I think people don't really realize how like sex is so dope. <laughs> like, and right. we, wait, and this is why God was like, it's so dope that I want you to do it in the container of marriage. Mm-hmm. because it's so intimate and it's so um it's such a beautiful thing like I want you to do it with somebody that is committed to you too mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and that it's in the confinement of of this relationship and it's not that he stopped it because it wasn't beautiful he just didn't want us connected and connecting with every and anybody mm-hmm. and that was his fatherly duties of being like hey don't do that with everybody because then you're going to want to be or connect with this person and I don't want him in your life girl like that's why I told you not to not that is not bomb not that is right. not that it's not pleasurable and not a beautiful thing like that was the first thing he told him multiply <laughs> go multiply hey, you go multiply because it's so great you're going to want to just do it over and over and, <laughs> and over and over again like not, not even addition it's multiplication y'all <laughs> Yeah. It, yeah. It, it really just boils down to a lot of bad doctrine. Yeah. Bad doctrine that has been passed on from 
uh, great granddaddy to to granddaddy to to Meemaw to mm-hmm. you know it's it's just really bad doctrine. But that's where the maturity comes in at where we as we you know mature and we grow and and we start to research the scriptures for ourselves and be become more aware of who we are in Christ and the liberty that that exists in that relationship with Christ, then you can say, well, wait a minute, I can reject this uh, fallacy that sex is a bad thing and I can embrace it with thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you, You know, because listen, uh, that marriage bed, you can do what you want to do. That's that's between you and your husband, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I walk straight in the sanctuary smiling with joy. So it's like, listen, we just have to get to a place of spiritual maturity where we understand that everything that we were taught as children um, isn't necessarily true, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to research the scriptures for ourselves and get a better understanding and make sure that we have those candid conversations with our spouse to manage those expectations in our home, whether they're good or bad. And I think that's one of the issues is we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and we don't want to talk. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I said, I was just going to say that. Go ahead. We don't want to talk about it. You know, sex in general, for some reason, it's like, if you tell your partner, you're not satisfied, they feel attacked. Why you got to feel attacked? I'm just trying to tell you how to connect with me better. I try to help you help yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we just have to be open because that conversation works both ways. You know, our partner may say, listen here, I'm gonna need you to whatever. Um, and we need to be open to receiving that information, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's really just changing the narrative and rejecting bad information that we may have received. And then as we are confronted with truth then taking the necessary steps to make those adjustments in our home. I agree. I think the trouble is, or the difficulty is, um, realizing that it's not true, right? Like even through the, I think the, like the research um, to confront that doctrine compared to just my experience of shame associated with this thing, like mm-hmm. it's a lot to confront. Mm-hmm. And That's true. so I just rather do it like this because they said it was good and just leave it alone. I think that, and this is like, I don't know, this has just only been my experience, right? Like that mm-hmm. men have a typically, and not all men um, have a easier time communicating their likes and dislikes to their partner than women do. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's socially acceptable for a man to say, do this, do that. And it's not, it's, I think that it's, it's the woman going back to her boss ways when she's saying to do this and do that, because I like that. Mm And so I remember talking to a guy and he was saying that he doesn't want a woman to tell him how to make her orgasm because that's how that other nigga used to do it. Hmm. This is how I do it. I'm like, hold the phone. What? I'm like, this is a mutual thing here. (laughs) Right. right. So in essence, he, he has the right to 
um, express what he needs to be fulfilled. But the mm-hmm. woman, you're just subject to whatever you get. Yes. This whole oh, no. thing about the woman is subordinate to their man, mm-hmm. right? This is what I got to offer you. Take it. Be happy. No, 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 sir. See, sir. No. <laughs> it's like, but you are trying to take over her whole body, her whole experience. Right. To give her what you want her to have. What kind of gift is that? If you give me your favorite thing, like this, what? Right. I was like, and and that's so crazy because people are so big on like, this is my um, communication style. This is my love language. This is this, like, and it's so, you know, a thing now it's a, it's a, you know, expressing that like, oh, I like spending quality time or this is my love language. And it's like, people are receptive to that, but it's like, okay, so let's go a little further. Mm-hmm. in the bedroom like <laughs> as far as my my love language this is not I'm not receiving well you know or I you know I'm better stimulated by clitoris stimulation or whatever the case may be and I would love for you to add that in so that in our marriage our our you know our relationship that I'm also satisfied mm-hmm. yes and that's okay it's completely okay. It's okay to communicate your needs. Yes. Because oh he can be doing whatever he want to do for however long this thing will last and it does nothing for you. Right. And so you have just allowed somebody. Um, I follow this girl. Um, uh, she's not a girl. I follow this lady. Um, vagina rehab doctor. I think that's her name. Okay. Um, and she calls us vagina CEOs. <laughs> come on (laughs) so you just let somebody all up in your company do whatever they wanted to do and it didn't bring you an ounce of satisfaction that's like that's a disservice to yourself Mm -hmm. that is and so we should be we have to grow comfortable with advocating for ourselves so we're talking about advocating for ourselves in the workspace in the world showing up as our authentic self that also takes place in the bedroom mm-hmm. or on the couch in the car whatever place in the <laughs> wherever, <laughs> wherever you get it in yes it's wherever <laughs> listen advocate for yourself in all avenues in Please all do. avenues yes mm-hmm. And it makes a difference, right? So there is no, I don't know what other atmospheres of life or spheres of life. I think that motherhood, um, mothers, women are expected to know how to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Off the bat, no handbook. You saw it done, you do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this aspect of sex that like you're just supposed there there's this expectation that this is what works and this is what happens and it's not the case and so having some conversation beforehand mm. before we even start heavy petting all that good kissing that's going to lead to something else mm-hmm. um before we even get there let's have a conversation about sex let's just talk about it let's sit at the restaurant over dinner And just talk about sex. What is it that you like? What do you enjoy most? Mm -hmm. But you know what I found is that a lot of times we don't know what we enjoy most. I was going to say that. I was like, so they, women don't know like what brings them pleasure Mm -hmm. or haven't even explored it. Yes. I've even, um, as I've like 
matriculated through this life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked women, like, have you looked at your vagina? Right. Mm-hmm. Like really looked at it. No, you can't just see it. Just looking down, like got a mirror. looks like, oh, what is this? What's, oh, okay. You look mm-hmm. like this. To see what she looks like. What does she smell like? Mm-hmm. What does your, uh, your discharge look like when your cycle is about to come? What does that look like? Because it's different. Right. Right. Like what, what is your vagina? It, it communicates some stuff to you. If it's not feeling well, it's going to say, Hey, look, girl, <laughs> like, that wasn't such a great experience. <laughs> like, this is what's happening. And you need to know what does she smell like? Girl, this, Oh Lord smells. There's this, um, I saw from the vagina rehab doctor. She's great. Follow her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't get paid for that, but, <laughs> um, she did this whole thing about, um, the um like misogyny about how there's this there was this great campaign by um I want to say it was Lysol or Purex somebody like that mm-hmm. um about women and their the smell of their vagina and how this because you know you have summer's eve that's like smell like roses or you have uh somebody else vagina wash that you could smell like I don't know fresh linen right <laughs> And so how there was this, this uh, commercials and um, ads and all this stuff that talked about how a woman's vagina should be smelling. And we have continued to promote that message that your vagina should smell like, I don't know, anything that you can really just identify like (laughs) flowers or anything. And that's not normal. Like you have your own individual smell. What does it smell like, right? Your pubic hairs were put there for a reason to help hold that smell, to draw him in. Right. And we're unaware. We just wanted to, and he, and he wants to smell like roses. I don't know why he wants that. <laughs> like where you learn that at? <laughs> it's insane. It's like, but we have to be able to communicate. So over dinner, let's normalize conversations about sex. Mm-hmm. And find out what is it that we like. So that will maybe take some time for you to play around by yourself and see what it feels like when you touch yourself like this. Mm-hmm. And then I, maybe because you touched yourself like that and it was great, you can tell him, hey, do it like this. Mm-hmm. And if and if he had an issue with, I mean, like, guy, you don't have to be like, do it like this, do it like that, do it like that. But it's like, <laughs> hey, baby, like, let me show you do this. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. We not like, gang banging in the bedroom. No, no we not, not gang banging. Like, don't, we, don't, we don't bring your street life into the bedroom. You know, no. there's this um, there's this activity within sex therapy when you're talking about like creating this conversation. So actually having the verbal conversation of what you like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you guys finally get to the place where you're going to have sex. But this is really like this kind of exploratory sex where it's just, and it's communicated through oohs and ahs. So oohs aren't good, ahs are good, Hmm. right? And so that way you're not saying, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 not like that. Uh, No, just, just. (laughs) Right, right. It can be a subtle reinforcement about what I, redirection rather, of where I need you to go. Mm -hmm. I like that. You know? I like that, oohs and ahs. (laughs) And you know what? I, I really uh, appreciate you, Devette, for 
taking the time again out of your busy schedule to share with us today. I mean, for our listeners, if, if you did not take notes, I'm going to take some for you and share them in the comments because <laughs> she, she gave so much to take away. I mean, we talked about preserving your energy, um, making sure that you're investing your time into things that matters. Um, also clarifying the expectations, having those candid conversations up front um, to say, hey, what is it that you need from me? And then that way we're not having this haphazard relationship. We're actually being intentional with our actions um, and how we relate to each other. And then also I'm a strong believer um, that we need to normalize having those conversations about sex because if we don't have it now, um, it'll come to the surface later. And most often it comes up in a negative way. So let's just be proactive in our relationships. Thank you so much again, David, for being willing to share with us in the gems. Um, to our listening audience, please continue to like and share. This has been a wonderful, wonderful series about relationships. And of course, as always, um, please feel free to reach out to us at any given time. Um, we're always open to having and continuing this conversation. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to It's the Discussion for Me. Hopefully you are leaving here seen and enlightened. If so, please share, like, and invite others to the safe place. Until next time.